I'm coming to you from my bedroom in downtown Sacramento on January 1st, 2021. And uh, my neighbors are moving furniture upstairs. It's a great thing to do on the first day of the year. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about this episode. And like last week, I did a little Christmas thingy. And this time, um, you know, it's, it's New Year's Day, so I thought I would postpone talking about my little journey in chasing after God and talk about what this last year has been for me. So uh, let's get going, and we'll do a little episode for my life, and welcome to it. Hi, my name is Chris Jensen, and this is My Life. And welcome to it. So I I guess if I'm going to reflect on 2020, the best place to start will be January. So January was fairly uneventful. Uh, It was a time when I was really starting to plan for my podcast. The idea of the podcast actually started to develop back in the latter part of 2019. My friend David Patterson, uh, whom I sang with in the Cathedral Choir, we both sang bass, we had developed a tradition of um, having dinner together at a little restaurant across from the cathedral called Claim Jumpers uh, every Wednesday evening. And David, as you may have heard in the, uh, in the credits at the end of the podcast, has his own podcast that he does with some other folks. He has one he does by himself also. It's called um, Catch Me Up, where they talk about some movies, uh, older ones, usually from the 80s or so, that he he missed, he didn't see, that is part of our collective culture consciousness. And so he uh, sees that movie with a friend of his, and they talk about it. So I knew that, and David was uh, very well informed on, on podcasting, having done it for so long. He was also in charge of... Uh, most of the editing and sound mixing. Uh, and they do some special musical effects for many of the routines on their, in their improvisational podcast. So when the idea struck me, he was the most likely person to turn to, to get advice. The reason that I did this, and I think I explained this at the beginning of uh, episode one, was I wanted to leave a record for my children of my life just because... You know, with my own parents, there's a lot of missing pieces, stories that I never got to hear that I wish I had. So I'm going to leave some information back because they don't ask me a lot of questions. And I tried writing, you know, uh, like maybe a book. And uh, I bore easily with my own life. I start writing it and then I, you know, I stop and other things start happening and I let it go and I never get back to it and um, then I forget my train of thought so it's like this isn't a good idea the podcasting thing was something that that's doable so I started talking to David and he and he started giving me some advice he would never tell me what to do but he would always provide me some choices or some homework right that I could then do some research on my own so that's, that's about what I did. And I, uh, I found a recording device. Um, I listened to a bunch of YouTube videos, watched a whole bunch to see how other podcasters did simple setups, inexpensive. So I, I got some uh, recording advice, uh, microphone advice, headphone advice. It was very simple to start with. And I used a program called GarageBand that was already on my laptop. It's, it's uh, made by Apple. It 
was free. So I thought, let's just use what I've got and be as cheap as, as I can. And um, that's what I did. And it, you know, it worked great for the longest time. So I got all my equipment together. And it was very exciting. And then I thought to myself, I need to start figuring out what I'm going to talk about. So uh, I would, you know, go over to my favorite coffee shop, Naked Coffee on H Street, to just sit and have coffee and brainstorm, how am I going to do this? What am I going to talk about? And um, then I knew that I wanted to start in February. And February 1st was the first podcast episode. And uh, a good friend of mine's uh, grandmother died. And I ended up going to the funeral. And uh, it was quite a, a blessing. The One of our cantors at the cathedral was going to uh, sing some Gregorian chant from the Requiem uh, and in Latin. And, of course, I was going, so he told me, he said, grab your book, you're going to sing with me. So, you know, we're, we're choir members, but I'm not the same caliber of singer as my friend John Hansen is. So I felt really honored that he'd asked me to sort of be standing with him and um, and sing this Requiem piece. And so we're there at the graveside, and uh, and we do. And I let him sort of, you know, lead, uh, find the pitch, and really carry the song. And I was pretty much a backup singer, so to speak. But it was a blessing, and it, it got my mind to thinking about at death. And so that was the first episode, and I talked for 45 solid minutes, and I chopped it up into three episodes. And that was the first thing, and that was in uh, in February. Now, I, you know, I, being retired, living by myself, not being extremely social, I spent a lot of time um, looking at news, watching videos, reading articles, reports, blogs, that sort of thing. Um, and I was very aware of what was going on in China, that there was some virus going on and it was just taken over, uh, strongly. So I was, uh, I was concerned. I didn't know that it was going to become the pandemic that it became, but I was definitely concerned and I was, I was watching for it. I was also very interested in, in politics. I mean, that's one of my uh, favorite things to to follow, to learn about not only history but uh, just how how government works and um, some social justice issues that are very close to um, the Catholic faith, social teachings of the church. So I was very interested in what was happening in our country as the president of the United States was going through this impeachment process in January. So that was the early part of the year. And, um, you know, I started recording my, my podcast episodes and that was all fun and fine. And then February, uh, turned into, into March. And, um, that was a horse of a different color. We started seeing the virus take hold here in the United States more specifically in uh, in New York. Um, California, where I live, especially in Sacramento, we didn't see a whole lot of uh, the virus here. It, it was around, but we didn't, it just didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. Although the governor has asked people to start uh, wearing a mask, washing our hands, keeping six feet social distance, um, and, you know, and staying indoors as much as possible. And we did. I think most California did uh, to start. Uh, we didn't see a lot of, of the virus. Um, and we, we got off kind of easy at the beginning and kept that curve suppressed and did quite well. 
but I took it to heart to stay indoors. Um, and I thought, you know, one of my ideas way back when I first started thinking about the podcast was I wanted to do an interview with my friends. And I thought, well, eventually I'll buy a second microphone and then I'll just go to their house or, or somewhere and we'll do a face-to-face -face recording. Well, now we're shut down, so that option's out of the question. But I thought, this is a great time to talk to my friends. Um, and it became, it's not about me, it's about us. Because, you know, I thought my friends don't have a voice. And we hear from politicians and, you know, movie stars and famous people, but not from regular folk like me and my friends. I don't think I know anybody famous. I might, but I'm not sure. In any event, um, I thought, well, what a great way to give my friends a voice to talk about their lives and how, what they're going through and how they're doing and that sort of thing. And it was also give me a time to catch up um, with people I haven't been in contact with for a while. So my very first uh, guest was Ryan. Uh, now, I, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, well, I'll just use Zoom um, as my platform for recording. I'll just resume, I'll just record our Zoom call. And uh, I didn't understand how Zoom worked. There were a couple of things that were working against me that I wasn't quite aware of. One was that I was using my phone as a hotspot in my apartment because I had let go of my internet provider. My uh, my rent increased. I don't remember when it was, 2019 at some point. And so I began looking at how much I, I was paying for my internet. And I'm just using cable for my internet. That's it. No TV. I don't have a TV. And it was almost the same amount. The, the rent increase in what I was paying for cable was just about the same. And I thought, well, I will, um, I don't know if you can hear the dog barking, but they're quite active upstairs. Anyway, um, I thought I will just let go of cable and use my phone as a hotspot, almost like a modem, right? But I'll be using my internet, my data plan for my phone as my internet connection. So that's what I did. Uh, and so I was running my phone, my iPad, uh, and my and my laptop all off of my phone's data stream. And it worked okay. Um, and so that's what I was using for this first Zoom call with my friend Ryan. And um, the other thing I didn't understand about Zoom was it uses a something called um, voice over internet protocol or VoIP, V-O-I-P, VoIP, Voice Internet Protocol. And so the sound is really based on um, the data stream on both ends, right? Um, and it's often, you know, that's why people can't do a lot of singing together on Zoom because it's not in sync because some computers are slower, some are faster, uh, some of the data, you know, some people's data uploads and downloads are faster than others. And so everything's a little bit out of, out of whack. And also because of that, the sound quality um, doesn't come through well and it uh, can get garbled at points. So I, I wasn't happy about that. And so I started, like I do, doing some, some research. And lo and behold, discovered about VoIP. Um, and discovered that there are other services that provide remote um, podcasting with a guest that doesn't use voice internet protocol. Uh, one of the things, one of the sites that I found um, explained that with Zoom, they're doing video along with audio. And they were providing audio only, and so they were really able to focus on the quality of the sound. The way it would work is that um, the audio recording would go to the browser, right? It would be on location. And that when 
the interview or guest podcast episode was over with, then um, that recording would upload to a cloud and then be sent to me. So it was a nice, clean recording. And then I would get my file and their file and be able to use that for my podcast. The first one that I used was, was uh, located in, uh, in the UK, in England. And it, and it worked okay. It worked fine. Um, but I really wasn't happy with um, the software and the visual aspects of it all. Um, the breakthrough for me on that one came from my friend Jim Jordan when we had our uh, episode together. And uh, Jim is a podcaster. He uh, he worked in yearbook. He was a school teacher and, uh, for the longest time and also was in charge of yearbooks. And he does a podcast for yearbooks um, and almost always has a guest. And so he turned me on to another uh, website that he used uh, that he really, really liked. And so after using the one that I had found on my own, after a little internal resistance, um, I checked it out, and I really like it, and I use it still uh, uh, for remote guests. And so I thought, I'm going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this, and I'm just going to talk to my friends. And so, um, you know, I went, I went, you know, gang with gangbusters, like gangbusters, and recording people. Um, and uh, after a while, I realized that. I had so many recordings with my friends that I was way behind in publishing, right? And so I was trying to figure out what was going on. And about this time, um, we're looking at, oh shoot, March, it goes into April. Things are starting to heat up a little bit with the virus. And I have a friend uh, who is a nurse. Uh, uh, she lived up in the town of Cool, and she's a, she was a, she's a nurse in Roseville. And um, I thought, you know, this is really relevant, so let's talk to, let me, let's talk to her, and we'll share an inter, uh, you know, a podcast episode, find out how she's doing, what it's like in the hospital, get some you know, boots-on-the-ground information. So we did, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to just uh, jump the line here with this episode, and post it right away so that there's no, you know, time lag. Because by the, if I put her in the queue, then by the time it actually ran that episode, um, it would be way out of date. Things, Lots of things would have probably changed by then. So so I did that and just continued watching this, this pandemic unfold. Um, so that was March. That was April. You know, I'd sung in the choir forever. The choir was shut down, so there was no singing whatsoever. Um, and so that was hard. That was really hard. Um, my my son, he uh, does not live in Sacramento. And uh, he, he, he would come through, and we actually met up uh, one time. We wore our masks, and we walked over to a little coffee shop and sat outside and had coffee. Um but he, he didn't stay real long. And um, then he was off again. So, and I haven't, you know, I, I'm not seeing very much right now. Um, and we'll talk about that as we get further into the into the year. My daughter does live in Sacramento, and um, I would still see her occasionally, but, but it was more of a uh, let's wear our masks and, you know, I'll drive over, I'll bring you some groceries and. Um, we'll hang out for you know a few minutes, and then and then gone. We were outdoors, so you know that's hard, and I, I I really get how hard it is for everyone. But honestly, outside of that, I uh, I don't mind being an indoor alone person. Um, I discovered that oftentimes when I've got plenty of food, I will uh, it'll be a couple of days before I venture outside. I won't even, you know, it's funny, at the building that I live in, we have a, an outside door and, and an inside door for each unit. Um, and 
probably, I would say, less than 10 feet from my door are the uh, the apartment boxes for our building. And I wouldn't even go out to check my mail, you know. I mean, a, a whole day would go by and I wouldn't even go outside of my apartment and not even realize that I had stayed inside for so long. Um, where I was was I was in the bedroom and uh, it was dark. I couldn't see sunlight. I had the windows blocked. Um, so I didn't even know what time it was. Eventually, I had a little um, battery-operated digital clock that I moved back in there so I could see what time it was. And that helped me to uh, say, oh, you know, it's, it's, time to, it's time to stop and, and, and go outside. So, you know, my life has been very simple. Um, I like to read. Um, I uh, got, you know, I, you know, I just like to gather information from all different sources. Um, and uh, I can fill up my time, you know, and working on the podcast, that fills up my time too. So uh, I had lots to op- occupy myself. Um, so anyway, so let's see, where are we here? So we got to April. You know, this is pretty boring, but uh, April, May, there's not a lot of change uh, for me. You know, the country's changing. You know, we have, uh, we're in an election cycle. So, you know, 2020 was an absolutely amazing year. We had, uh, it was an election year. We had the pandemic going on. Um, we had our, 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 our president had been impeached. Um, uh, yeah, just absolutely wild year. Um, you know, hurricanes were starting to hit the southern central Gulf Coast. Um, it was starting to be, so it was going to be a tough summer, but, uh, what we were informed as a country was that during the summertime, we would probably see a drop in um, COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations and deaths. Um, what we were, what the experts were looking at predominantly were past pandemics, especially the Spanish flu of 1918 and how that operated. But we were told, uh, because of what happened in 1918, that even though there was going to seem to be a, a decrease of the virus spread in the summer months, that we should maintain our vigilance and continue wearing a mask and continue, you know, washing of the hands and staying indoors and maintaining our distance. Um, because in 1918, after the summer, when winter rolled around, the virus came back more strong and resulted in many, many more deaths. And so the thought was that if this particular virus follows that same pattern, then our the winter months of 2020 leading into 2021 could also be very dire. Unfortunately, I think many of uh, my fellow citizens relaxed and let down their guard. Because what has happened is, and I'll just jump forward real quick, we've seen a major surge here in December, um, and we are in dire straits. You know, let's jump back a little bit. So May rolls around, and things are getting better. One of the things that happened right away was that um, people identified church gatherings as potential super spreader events. Uh, especially choirs that sang. There was one choir, I forget exactly where they where they were now, I think it was either Oregon or Washington. Um, their last choir practice, they were trying to, you know, they knew about the virus, they knew about the danger, they were trying to be careful, and yet I think the majority of the choir got very sick, and two or three of the members actually died from COVID-19. So choirs were really under the gun to not gather. Um, it was decided by uh, the bishop to close the church, the churches, the Catholic churches here in Sacramento, uh, pretty much based on the guidelines that the governor had had laid out. 
And uh, that took place early on, like in March, I think. But then as things got better uh, in the early part of the summer, things opened up a little bit. We could start meeting again outdoors. And so um, the staff at the cathedral figured out a way to um, have everybody gather in the alley right next door to the cathedral to, uh, to worship God and celebrate the Mass together. Uh, maintaining proper social distancing, wearing of masks, um, using hand sanitizer, and really being uh, being cautious and careful that we would not become a super spreader event. And as far as I am aware, um, nobody caught the virus from any of those gatherings. Um, and they were, it was it was quite fun. It was quite a blessing to be able to get out and be with people, even on a limited basis like that. And that lasted for, you know, a few weeks. Um, and then, um, you know, it's uh, the tsunami hit. And um, we knew that things were going to get bad. The governor set a metric of 15% once hospitalizations or I think um, ICU beds uh, availability. When it got lower than 15%, that we would end up going into a, an extreme, more extreme lockdown. And so, once again, the, the churches got locked down and we weren't even able to, to gather in that fashion. But um, we do gather still, a few of us, outside in the courtyard in front of the cathedral. We listen to the Mass on a, uh, or a speaker. And then... Uh, after Mass is over with, um, the celebrant, uh, sometimes with a deacon, will come out to the courtyard and distribute communion. Um, I, I've been going. It's at 10 a.m. It can be quite cold. If it's raining, I stay home. Um, but it's still, even though we don't interact with each other a whole lot, um, it's nice just to be with other human beings. But anyway... So that, and that started in, I don't know, December, late November, maybe. So let's, let's, let's climb back a little bit here. Um, so, you know, what happened here? In the middle of the summer, I decided to make some further investments in the podcast. And um, I wasn't, I was, you know, I, I have this, this adage that no matter how good something is, it can always be better. You know, some people think if it's not broken, why fix it? And and I think, well, if it's good now, we, let's make it better. So uh, once again, I went to my friend David and started talking to him about various pieces of equipment that I could get um, that would help the sound quality. So I ended up purchasing a, a preamp, and I have like a little amplifier thing. Um, just to, in my mind, make it sound better. Whether it does or not is up for grabs. I don't know, but I pretend it does anyway. Plus, it's more toys to play with, and I like I like these gizmos. I also wanted to get some equipment, some software, rather, for my uh, post-production work that would do some things that GarageBand didn't do. And I found one. It's really cool. I love it a lot. I've been using it. I mean, learning more how it works. And uh, at this point, it's, you know, it's meeting my needs. And it wasn't very expensive. Um, I discovered that a lot of companies recognize the importance of podcasting right now as people are indoors more. And they also are willing to um, acknowledge that many of us are amateur podcasters. We're not doing it as a business. And so for us, they lower the prices on things. And that's that's pretty cool. So I've done that. I did that. Um, and uh, one of the things that was also happening was that, um, and I'll, I'll talk about this more in season three when I talk about my experience with the Catholic Church. But one of the things that I do is, is I participate in um, 
in a process called the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, RCIA for the Catholic Church. I was called a catechist. Um, and we started doing our gatherings over Zoom. And uh, when we were meeting, you know, gathering together uh, before COVID-19, one of the things that the catechists would do and our uh, director of religious education would do would be to um, we'd have an hour of prayer and we would pray evening prayer. It's called Vespers. It's part of the Liturgy of the Hours. And we would do that from uh, like 6.30 to almost 7 o'clock and then we would gather with with everybody else at 7 and, and do our opening you know, ceremony and all. And so we had stopped doing that for these Zoom meetings. And I thought, well, hey, that would be something fun to do. So um, I've been leading those Liturgy of the Hour prayer times on Zoom. And I was using some screen sharing stuff for the words, um, but I knew that my phone wasn't going to cut it. And I discovered that I could purchase Wi-Fi by the hour. Um, and so I was doing that and I was doing that every, every Monday. So that was four, four nights a week. I was doing that. And eventually it dawned on me, you know, how much am I actually spending on this? And when I took a solid look at it, it was pretty much what I could, um, uh, what I would have to spend for, um, internet cable, right? So I thought, why don't I just get cable. And, uh, and so I did. So now I've got cable and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying that because, you know, one of the things that in producing this podcast, after I got all done with the recording and I, um, I, uh, turned it into uh, a file that I could share, um, and saved it, then it automatically would try to upload to my cloud with Apple, the iCloud. Um, and it was real slow doing that. Using my phone data, it was real slow doing that. So one of the things that I would do is I would walk over to where I could um, attach to some Wi-Fi and use someone else's Wi-Fi to do it. Uh, we would speed it up. Also, when I would um, load it onto Anchor, which is the host for the podcast, they would have to download that file and I would use that Wi-Fi uh, to do that in a, in, a, in a faster fashion. Eventually, uh, the place that I would go to, that the Wi-Fi was no longer available. So I thought, well, you know, I need to, I really need to figure this out. And so I have Wi-Fi now. And for a year, you know, I've got it locked into a price that I can afford um, I'll revisit this whole thing in a year from now. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, another thing that that happened that I did was that the microphone that I had ordered comes with a little tripod stand, right? And it just sat there on my desk. And when I wanted to do something else, I had to find a place to put it. It was very inconvenient. So another thing that I've done is I've uh, got myself a little, they're called scissor arms, and I attached my microphone to it, and then I can swing it out of the way, right? So now I've got my, my desk is clear, I can swing it out of the way, and I can, you know, I can do some writing, I can do other things on my laptop and get that microphone out of the way, and I'm not going to be, uh, you know, tripping over it and and I've also got my wires in such a fashion that I'm not tripping over them or pulling things off the desk or, oh yeah, I was a hot mess for a while. So anyway, I pretty much have things where I, where I want them and I'm pretty happy with, uh, with what's going on. I'm not happy about the virus and where, where that's headed. It looks like we're in for some, for, you know, a tough January anyway. Um, but I've got my supplies, I've got my, you know, entertainment, I've got my podcast hobby, so I'm good. So let's see, where, month-wise, 
what are we looking at here? We're looking at May, June, July. You know, I'm retired, so I'm not working from home. I'm just chilling, watching how things transpire. Um, July, August, August, August. Well, I think August was, um, it was a big month because um, we're starting to see glimmers of, of the winter and everything. Um, but I, I don't re remember a whole lot from August. You know, it's, it's funny, a lot of, when I was reading about memory, um, big events tend to be anchors for our memory. So when something happens that's momentous, we remember that, and we remember things that are around that. And I don't have a lot of momentous things that take place. Um, so every day is pretty much the same. Um, and they just sort of fold into each other. I know there there are mornings where I wake up and I first thought is what you know what day is this? I don't even know what day it is. You know, there have been things that I have committed to and missed because I not only did I forget what day it was, I forgot what time it was. So thankfully, I have a a phone where I can set reminders and alerts in the calendar. So when you know when something comes up. I can get notified like way in advance so that I don't miss out anymore. So August rolls around, um, November, and then uh, in December. So another fun thing that has taken place that I haven't really talked about, and I don't know that I'm going to talk much about it, um, is that I was approached about a podcast for our cathedral parish. My friend Rex Rolanka is the music director for the cathedral, and he is also now um, responsible for the media for the cathedral. And one of the things that we have at the cathedral is that we have a stream team that produces live streaming content for masses and other things. And uh, Rex was doing some reading, and one of the things suggested for keeping people connected was a podcast. And he, he knew that I had my own personal podcast. And so he approached me about it. Um, so I, I thought long and hard about it. And, um, before we even talked about it and, uh, we started talking about it and he thought, I want to start it at the beginning of the liturgical year, right? Which was in late November. I thought, okay. So he says, like, it's like the first Saturday um, after, I forget what date it was. And so I've been working on that, and that's been keeping me busy. Uh, it, it's, it's ended up that I've become the host, and I get to work on the post-production stuff. And uh, our third episode um, posted today. And if you're interested at all, it's called Let's Let's Talk Parish. Um, it's about a you know it's about an hour long each episode is, um, and uh, I find them not only fun to do but interesting also. Um, but that's that, and it, this is also occupying a lot of my time. Oh, the other thing that I did was um, I was doing some work for Rex recording some organ music, uh, and some songs. Uh, and I obviously wasn't going to be able to take all of my equipment down to the cathedral. So I went and purchased some lapel mics. So now I've got two lapel mics. Um, so I'm really expanding, you know, my hardware here. And, um, I think that as things lighten up COVID wise, that, I'm going to have to have some new ideas as to what to do, you know, do some recording downtown. One of the things I thought about doing at one point was interviewing some of the folks that experience homelessness or that they may be housed, but they experience food insecurity um, or, you know, just to talk to the people downtown and do some interviews that way, you know, man on the street kind of a thing. And that may happen, um, especially as the virus lets up. And I'm not so worried about 
the equipment getting contaminated out there. Um, anyway, so that's something to look forward to, possibly. We'll see. But in any event, so we've got November, December. Um, we know that in November, uh, Vice President Joe Biden became president-elect. And uh, Vice President-elect is Kamala Harris, who was a senator from California. Um, and so that happened in November. And we've been w just watching things unfold in uh in our country since then this month of december and january 20th he gets uh sworn in and a new administration begins and so um, that will be a big change for the country that we'll have to wait and see how that plays out we now have uh vaccines for the virus more than one um, and they're using a new technology using messenger rna somewhat complicated but it's uh, there are some great videos out there that explain how it works, and it's pretty simple. I feel fortunate having a biology background. Um, you know, I understand DNA replication. I knew what messenger RNA was. Uh, I know you know ribosomes are the little intercellular gizmos that help knit the DNAs together as they as they create enzymes. They knit the ends. It's a whole process, right? There's transfer RNA. There's all this stuff. So for me, it's been fascinating. Um, it can get complicated, but the videos are very, uh, very easy to understand. So these vaccines are, 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 are really cool. You know, if, if on a whole, we are not able to mitigate um, transmission of the virus through um social practices, you know, with the masks and the distancing and the washing of the hands and all of that, then th this virus is what we're going to really need to move forward. Um, unfortunately, it's not happening as we would like it to. Um, the virus is getting, I mean, the vaccine is getting out to where it needs to go in a fairly timely manner. But it doesn't seem like it's actually getting into people's arms in a timely manner. It's really slowed down. And one of the reports that I that I heard was that um, if this particular pace continues, that it will take a good uh, 10 years to get enough people vaccinated to create what's called herd immunity. Hopefully, um, after January 20th and a new administration takes over, um, they will apply themselves to a new um, logistic for getting the vaccine actually into people's arms in a more expedited fashion so that we can actually achieve this herd immunity um, within a year's time or less. Because I, I know that so many of us Americans are just exhausted from masks and isolation um, watching people die needlessly uh, because things could have been done to prevent it. Uh, we're just we're tired of this whole pandemic, um, and so we need we need uh, a bigger light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of how we closed out 2020. Uh, you know, it's 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 funny, and I was sharing with a couple of friends how. You know, every year we celebrate New Year, right? With a big, ex you know, the old year's gone, the new year's come. As if, you know, it's like as if, uh, you know, we just changed channels and we're watching a new program. Time is linear. So today is actually just the next day after yesterday. It's There's nothing new about this year. Um, you know, I was reflecting on, you know, a year being the time that, the earth revolves around the sun. But in actuality, the sun is also moving, right? It's a member of the Milky Way galaxy, and the, it's a spiral galaxy, and the arms of the galaxy are all moving. The sun is moving. So the earth is actually moving in a spiral form, right? So we never actually occupy the same space twice year after year. It's always something new. At least it will be until we go all the way around the galaxy, and that's going to be 
probably longer than my lifetime. So it, it's just a, it's a fun little illusion that we like to play, little game. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. Everything's new. It's not. It's just the day after yesterday. So there are some new things that are happening, though. You know, we've got uh, new laws that are taking place in January. We've got uh, a new uh, federal administration that will um, take office in the latter part of January. So there are some things that are new. And there are, there are new things that are going to be happening in January. So I look forward to the newness for taking the things that we've learned in 2020 and bringing them into the new year. Um, and I look forward to doing more of this podcast. And hopefully, since we don't have any more holidays, um, next Saturday I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start talking again about um, my life in Sufism and uh, my friend Elijah that uh, became my Sufi teacher. So I'm going to sign off for now. I'm Chris Jensen, and I'll talk with you soon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, oh, my gosh. You know, I was, uh, we can't stop yet. I, uh, I was looking at something online a minute ago, and it reminded me of something that I have completely overlooked. You know, this was such a wild year, and time has been, did it happen this year or not kind of a thing for me. Um, one of the biggest things that happened this year was um, the issue of racial justice or injustice, as uh, as the case might be. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was huge. The, uh, the death of George Floyd was huge. Um, you know, and I just want to add this one little bit that what the virus is, uh, what it has done for the United States and maybe for the world, it's pulled back the curtain on problems that have existed in, uh, but have been unaddressed. Problems of wealth inequality, of systemic racism, um, of political, uh, ineptitude. That, uh, you know, in good times, it's easy to overlook. But this year, um, everything was exposed in a way that if we don't take a serious look at and talk about and address, um, it's not going to, not going to change. Um, so I just wanted to, to highlight the, uh, the racial a struggle that took place this summer, the marches, um, uh, people calling out for for justice and for fairness and for uh, reparations and for um, just taking a hard look at how this country is structured uh, against um, people of color and. Uh, Acknowledging white privilege um, and the fact that so much of not just the United States but the Western world is what I would call Eurocentric. Um, it's geared towards white people. Um, and it's a hard thing for people to actually uh, face and acknowledge. But I would be remiss in not adding that to what happened in 2020. Uh, a part of me wanted to attend the ma the marches. Um, there was another part of me that didn't feel safe because of the amount of gathering and closeness. Um, but it looks like that all of the protests did not create um, uh, a super spreader event for transmission of the virus. Um, so that's that's cool. Uh, and uh, I hope that. Um, as we move forward, that the lessons of this last year in regards to economic inequality and racial inequality, um, amongst others, will be, uh, will be honestly addressed and that we as a nation can talk about these things in an open and honest and transparent and civil way that we don't uh, devolve into name-calling and um, hyperbolic um, 
uh, inflation uh, and uh, that we deal with uh, the truth and the facts and uh, we put aside the uh, the speculations and the rumors and the conspiracy theories that are so prevalent right now in people's minds. So, so now, uh, after getting that off my chest and filling in that little gap, um, I wish you all a very happy new year. And uh, I hope that, uh, and, I, and I pray that, and I think that things will get better. So... There you have it. Thank you for indulging me this last little bit, and um, catch you next time. Produced by me, Chris Jensen. My technical consultant is David Patterson of Drowning Man Productions. David, along with three others, have a podcast called Wasting All the Time, and they provide improvisational comedy uh, for us to listen to. I would encourage you to check them out. The art for My Life and Welcome to It uh, is drawn by Dave Edwards, and if you're interested in any of other uh, Dave's other art, um, you can find him on Instagram at EvilDaveTM. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts can be found, and I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can email me at mlawti101 at gmail.com. The music for Chasing After God, which is part of my life and welcome to it, is Skywards by Will Van de Cromert. Well, that's all for now. I look forward to spending some time with you again next Saturday. And until then, be safe, be well, and God bless. <laughs>